Welcome everybody to a new episode of the Midnight Drop Chill Hour. I am your host Jordan Malone and welcome back to another iteration is David Arnold. Say what's up my man. Yo what's good big dog how y'all living man. Alrighty then. Today we got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about. We're going to be talking about something about Malcolm Marie, the movie review that I did last week, which got a bunch of views. Thank you so much for that. And get David's perspective on the movie. Also talk about some things that's going around in the world. Talking about the Mavericks regarding the national anthem controversy, including some things that David and I just been talking about on the side. Uh, before we do that, let's get some housekeeping rules in order. Like always, if you're new to the midnight drop or if you've been listening to the midnight drop in consecutive days or whatever like that, you can go ahead and listen to the podcast on anchor Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcast, iTunes Podcast, or Apple Podcast, however you say it like that, www.themidnightdrop.com, and officially on iHeartRadio Media. And iHeartRadio, iHeartMedia, or whatever. You can also go ahead and follow me on Instagram at 615 underscore chill, where I have a bunch of clips and episodes for you guys from The Midnight Drop. And also, you can email me at jordancamon at C-A-M-M-O-N at outlook.com. You can also follow David at... Give me a King David, 889, you dig? Yes, sir. All right, then, my guy. Let's go ahead and get into it. So how's how's life been treating you this last week and so? Hey, man, it's cool. I'm in Arkansas. I got an ice storm coming, but it's, I'm living well. <laughs> yeah, man. They got an ice storm coming in in the south. It's not going to hit us a whole lot, but I know for Dallas yeah. and a lot of places going to hit. So I hope you're doing safe over there, man. Nah, I'll be straight, bro. I'm cold with a polar bear toenail. I'll be fine. <laughs> okay. Yeah, <laughs> at least you ain't got no fucking school for three days, my guy. Yes, sir. Yeah. All right. So let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, just the first thing on the agenda. We did. I did an episode, a review on Malcolm Marie, a movie that came out last Friday, uh, which I went ahead and gave a rating for it and kind of had my thoughts and perspectives on it. Uh, I was very mixed with the movie and I had some time to kind of look back at some of the things I felt with it. So, you know, now, right now, I'm kind of just with my homie David. And he watched the movie himself. And, uh, yeah, we had some talking to about it before we got all hopped onto the mic. And the shit that this nigga said kind of surprised me a little bit. Because if you thought I was harsh on this movie, wait till this dude says something. Like, go ahead, bro. What, how did you feel about Malcolm and Marie? Hey, man, that was a... I originally said a one out of ten. I'm gonna go up to a three because they they were acting very well. But that was that was a horrible movie, bro. Nah, get the fuck out of here. You said it was a one out of ten before you hopped under this mic. So yeah. I want you to keep that same energy. I'll keep the same energy. It's a one out of ten. Then the movie's the movie's garbage. <laughs> the movie's garbage, bro. Okay, Ex- explain. I, I don't want to come. I don't want to sound like I'm coming after you because you because I had a lot of things about this movie that I felt like were rough around the edges, but go ahead, mm-hmm. go ahead and tell me straight up your, your thoughts. Give me a, give us like your little mini review about the movie. All right. My biggest problem with this movie is there is no direction. They are just arguing for two hours and there's no conclusion. There's no kiss and makeup. They're just mad at each other. The whole movie. And it's not that big a deal. Like I understand how, Marie is upset. I understand what's bothering her. But come on, Shardy, this you could have just told me that from Rip and I would have been more understanding than you calling myself mediocre, you coming at my neck, you saying I don't love and cherish you. Come on, baby. I mean this is, there's more to this. I mean, okay, so like you say okay, so I'm gonna, gonna like give you guys in chunks and everything. So how did you feel about the acting of the movie in itself? The acting phenomenal. Denzel Washington's son is a terrific actor. Uh-huh. Zendaya, beautiful in the movie. Does wonderfully. They were both very good actors. I have to give them that. That movie would not have been watched if it had been any other actors in that film. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... No. Okay, so like, yeah, I, I felt the same way. I felt kind of the same way with the acting. I mean, I I said both of them did a really good job, but da- John David Washington's character, how he acted was a little weird to me. I felt like at, at some parts he was 
Not at some parts, a good amount of the time in this movie, he was over the top for no reason. But I yeah. made the I made the whole reason because of that was because uh he wanted like his character was written like that, and he yeah. went ahead and had to play the character that Sam Levinson, the, the director slash writer, went ahead and wrote. So mm-hmm. it's not a sense of bad acting; it's just bad writing. And with yeah. that, do you feel like there were signs of bad writing in this movie? The whole movie was horribly written. The whole movie. There was no... I understand the concept came from him arguing with his wife, but there had to have been some kind of resolution. Most most arguments end with a new understanding or no understanding. But something happens at that argument where both people are changed from it. There was none of that in this movie. It was just written. It was written pretty bad. So okay, let's like let's like like so the writing was pretty bad. Now I want to yes. I want to try to take it up to the top. So like the first part, and I'll actually start off with this. Did you feel like the first part of this movie was promising? I thought it was going to be cool. I thought it was going to go in a horror direction for a little bit because it's black and white. They're in the middle of the woods. There's no one else around for miles. I thought it was going to go in like a real. Twilight Zone kind of direction. It didn't. It's like it, 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 I was invested at first, and it was like this is just abuse for 160 minutes of a movie. Mm. And then, so when you say Twilight Zone, you meant like it was going to go in this very weird, like supernatural direction, or more like this? Yeah. Uh okay. That. That's. Yeah, I think that's the that's the whole thing about this with you and this movie. I mean. You didn't so like did you ever watch the trailer for this movie? Is that the, like, I did not. I've seen nothing for this movie but the movie today. And the only reason why you watch it was because You had you had told me about it for today. So I wanted to make sure I watched it so I was competent in what we would talk about. Uh-huh. But you didn't you, but, but you didn't listen to all the all the other hype from like Twitter and you know, you know no, Instagram and stuff like I, that. I had heard the fruit. I did not know the movie came out till like last week. I heard nothing about it. Damn. Then you got like real, real quick. So yeah, I think that's the difference between me and you. It's like you had heard this movie for like only like a couple of days or so for like a week. While as for me, I heard this movie all the way back last fall. I was anticipating it like everybody. Yeah. Because this movie was announced like last year. Mm -hmm. I was really anticipating it. And even though I didn't, I kind of thought it was going to be up and running for like an Academy Award, but at the same time, I was like, "Don't get my hopes up too much. Don't get my hopes up too much because yeah, we, people have done this a lot with movies that look great. I mean, you said this comment about the black and white thirty-five millimeter film, including how grainy it looks, and mm-hmm. that was something that caught a lot of people's eyes. But for you, you said what? I didn't find it necessary. It wasn't. It didn't add anything to the movie for me. Because I feel like if it is, here's, here's one thing that would have been cool, and this to me would have been an artistic choice, black and white when they're arguing, and then it goes to color when they're making up or when they're talking. That would have been like, oh, they're, they're, the relationship is dead, it's gritty, it's grainy, but when they really are talking to one another and understanding, life is breathed in, and they and they can see each other for who they really are. So... That would have been all right, but I felt like for a viewer yeah. like me, it would have been a whole lot. It would have been just too, too much because it's like you're going back from like, you're going from color to black and white, to color to black and white, color to black and white. I mean, if you're going to do one thing, yeah. keep it the same. I mean, yeah. like, have you ever heard of this movie called Mank? No. Okay, so Mank is basically this movie, and I'm going to explain why I bring it up. This movie mm-hmm. is basically like how... The, like the, one of the producers or writers for uh, Citizen Kane basically was trying to figure out a way to get the rights to his movie or like make it. And they made the movie entirely black and white. And I, it was one of the uh, it was one of the aspects of the movie that caught people's attention, uh, specifically film critics and film snobs, people who just go to film school and say this is the best movie ever. And, and the movie is now up and running for an Academy Award and also a Golden Globes Award. It's gotten a lot of nominations. And, Mm -hmm. I mean, 
are you going to say that every movie in black and white for you is just not going to be that great? Or do you feel like it, it, it has to matter based off of the subject matter or just what's going on? It, it, it's what's going on. This movie in particular, I don't think needed it. Like a film noir and stuff like that, where a movie is supposed to be in black and white. That's perfectly fine. I don't mind black and white films. I just felt for this film in particular, it didn't need that. It didn't need that. Yeah, no. Man, I, I mean, I felt like it was all right. I felt like the the movie going on a thirty on black and white thirty five millimeter was cool, and mm-hmm. it, it did catch my attention because you don't see a lot of movies doing that. Uh, but I think there was one criticism that I'll say right now. I don't know if I said it in my review, but it's like when you have these movies go to a black and white aesthetic or any type of aspect that is clearly clearly there to catch the attention uh, oh, the attention the attention of film critics and writers who want to see old school nostalgia type films they will do that just to catch their attention and i felt like with this movie it's like you're going to get half the people who say it looks dope because it looks pretty and it's different from other movies but you got the rest that are just going to say what the fuck was this for like you're saying right now yeah yeah, so I mean, I can understand. I mean, so what about the cinematography? Like, did it look pretty to you, or do you feel like it was just kind of like? Ugh? I mean, well, you said it was grainy, so I like the the filming. The, the The shots were really nice. The black and white added in the shadow effect. Like, I like when they were depending on where they were standing. Like, some of their faces would be completely covered in darkness, and it added to this mystery aspect of why they were really fighting. But I didn't hate the film, but I didn't hate the coloring of the film. It's just, I felt like black and white didn't really add anything to it because it didn't really do anything. I don't understand why on using this film, this grain of film just added anything story-wise. Okay. I mean, uh, what about, and then you said that the movie had no plot, correct? Yes. Okay. So that was something that I... I don't know what to say about that one. It's like, you don't feel like the plot of them arguing and talking about how like it escalated from Malcolm, not really understand, like Malcolm, not really thanking her for making a movie. That's all about her life. And we're talking about Marie. Basically Malcolm made a movie about Marie's life. Didn't really give her any thanks. And also the whole thing about how, the whole reason for their relationship was to make this movie great because without her, this mm-hmm. movie would have been mediocre. Like the, mm-hmm. you don't feel like you don't feel like that was the plot itself. I do, but then there was no resolution because I feel like when Malcolm, when they were in the bathroom and she was in the bathtub, he was he was feeling his heart. He was like, "Hey man, you and I, I've loved other girls before you, but I you can't understand or fathom that I just love you." I didn't write a movie about you. I didn't stay with you because you were broken. I genuinely do love you. And she started, she couldn't, she was hearing that. And she was, Zendaya was tearing up. She, her lip was trembling. That to me was the, was the climax. And that should have been the end of the movie. That should have wrapped the bow up because he expressed himself like, hey, Shardy, look, I apologize for having thanked you, but I don't want you to think I've only been with you for this time because you're, an addict or you were an addict I genuinely do have love for you and I do love you and I just didn't use you for your story and but then Zendaya came back outside and they were cool for like the next 15 minutes and then they argued again so like I feel like it was the plot was there and him not thanking her was important but there was there were other issues they had that had boiled over and just her, him not thanking her had been the cap, and he blew the cap off of it. I mean, yeah, I, I can agree with that at some point. I mean, it's kind of the reason why I asked if the first part was interesting or if it was good. I mean, the the the, the plot of the movie is them arguing, and the basis of the argument is that, again, Malcolm made a movie about Marie, made a movie that's eerily similar to Marie's life and didn't really give her yeah. any thanks to it. And at least on all these different problems they have in their relationship. And I felt like in the beginning, when you're first hearing about it and you're going through the whole argument, it's like, okay, 
this is interesting. You caught me. Cool. But then when the second part rolls out, rolls around, when she wants to, she goes ahead and asks a question about like, why, why didn't you put me in your movie? I, yeah. I would have been great. Yeah. Or like when he goes on this whole tirade about tirade about, you know, film critics, you know, reviewing movies and the commercialization of film. And, and then talking yeah. about like their relationship in general, like I felt like it was just a little, uh, like it started getting annoying because like you said, like they just kept arguing and arguing. Yeah. And like I said in my review, these niggas just need to go to bed. <laughs> yeah. Just like, go to fucking bed. Yeah. Cause Malcolm was drunk the whole movie. That boy was drink, drink, drinking. And this, that old film. And this nigga was eating mac and cheese aggressively. What what the fuck? <laughs> I've never seen a black man eat craft macaroni and cheese on purpose. I've, I've like I've seen I've seen I've seen niggas eat food aggressively, and and it's whenever they mad at a situation they just motherfucker whatever that host says. It's, it's, it's no, I, I get you. I've just yeah. never seen a Joker. Go, hey baby, you know I want macaroni and cheese from a box of powdered cheese. I've never seen like when I was a kid I did that, but as a grown man I'm gonna get some real mac and cheese. Like yeah, that's not a it's not a one o'clock in the morning meal. You know, I'm not going. Well, that is a one o'clock in the morning meal. I'm when you late when it's late at night and you ain't got okay. and you kind of just tired and you don't give a fuck about your body. You gonna eat anything on yeah. site. But my thing yeah. is, is that motherfucker, you rich. You got all this. Yeah. You got all this. You got this nice ass house. You got this nice ass like aesthetic around your house, and you telling me you gonna eat Kraft mac and cheese. <laughs> Like, yeah, I felt like that was a little weird too, but I mean, yeah, whatever. I mean, and speaking of aggressively eating mac and cheese, how did you feel mm. about that booty eat that that butt eating scene? That was weird. That was weird. <laughs> Not gonna hold you. Not gonna hold you. This man. What? Well, go ahead. I'm sorry. Because he just came from the bathroom and just had to use the restroom, and he is gonna go straight to eating. I'm like, hey, fool, hey, did hey, he? bro. Yeah, she had just peed, and then she came in and made the mac and cheese, and then she he was munching on the food. They're like, hey, hey, pimp. Hey, now, hey, man, hey. I don't know. I might have to look that shit back and see, because if he really ate that... Yeah. W- Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was weird, bro. It was weird. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. But he was so happy. He got a standing ovation. Oh, yeah. He did not give a fuck. I'm eating this butt. <laughs> He was he was hungry. The man said, that, "This was a starving." And Denzel Washington would say, "That man was hungry." It was like I'm eating that ass tonight. Hey man, that boy, this was a starving. No, no, wait, 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 no, no, no. He eating that butt tonight because there's a difference between eating butt and you know, eating, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get you. I get you. If you ever watch Dormtainment, you'll get what I'm talking about. But no, nah, I get you. I, I rock for Dormtainment. Yeah, but uh. We'll talk about that probably on another episode or something. But yeah, I mean, I mean, I I can agree with what you're saying, but I wouldn't give the movie a one or three because I felt like okay. it's a it's a good concept, but again, it just needs a better pop plot and better writing. I felt like with the direction yeah. of the movie, it was cool. The cinematography, the music selection, the acting, it was it, it was nice. But when you have a movie with really bad writing and the plot kind of just runs itself out and you have this running trope of them bring up a situation arguing cussing one of them cries and has his coming to jesus moment and then they come back and just start making out or 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 attempting to have sex because i'll let you know these motherfuckers didn't really have sex that much it's just like this shit is getting circular including when malcolm goes into this whole argument about Again, the, the commercialization of films and film critics and reviews. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like that was just a tirade. Uh, that was just a little chill, child just arguing and cussing or just somebody who just can't be happy. And I felt like that was his character. And if it was, that's fucking terrible writing. Well, yeah. no, let me not. That's harsh language. That's just that's mediocre. Uh, no, it's mediocre writing. I won't say it's, yeah. it's fucking terrible or anything like that. It's just mediocre and it needs some work to me. Yeah. The movie, it, it's a cool, it's an okay movie. That's rough around the edges. But like I, like I did with you, if you want to go see it for yourself, I recommend you seeing it because this movie, 
I guess you could say it's kind of like a feel good black movie where like, you know, it, it is what it is, but it's not, it, it's not as feel good as other black movies that I've seen, like Love Jones. Because yeah. Love Jones, I mean, you've watched that movie, right? I've seen it, yeah. Yeah, Love Jones was a, was more of a feel good movie than that one. And yeah. Because everybody was successful, nobody was on drugs, everybody was cool. And like, Nia Long's character was at least, you know, she was on her way up to where at the end of yeah. the movie she works at Jet Magazine. So there was that, but... Yeah, yeah but I mean... I yeah, I mean, yeah, but I mean... Would you, man? Fuck. I mean, do you feel like this movie was was trying to get a trying to get like an Academy Award or an Oscar or something, or did you feel like it was just, eh? This movie accurately depicted a toxic relationship. This movie showed the argument. It showed the frustration. It showed the 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 difficulties that can be had when two people aren't willing or able to, to meet in the middle. I think the movie could win an Academy Award if you look at it from that standpoint. You look at this movie purely from depicting a toxic relationship. It does very well at doing that. But the problem I have with this film is they, this movie is not cohesive because like I just told you, I had to think about this movie from a whole different standpoint to make it make sense. Most films need to have some, you should be watching the film with the eye, like with Love Jones. You know what Love Jones is about. You know what uh, Love of Basketball is about from the whole movie. I can't tell you what this movie's about. All I can tell you is about is just two people arguing for two hours. The monologues are beautiful. Zendaya was, was bad than a mug in this film. Then uh, John David Washington, that joker is strong. That boy got muscles. And I'm like, hey man, hey, I don't know why you got these muscles for this role. But like it was it was done very well, but it was just a very lackluster film. I feel like if it had with storytelling, the whole purpose is to show, not tell. If you're going to do something with a story, you want to have the setting or the actors speak for it not directly tell the audience what they should be looking for mm-hmm. that's all this film is is telling you what happened there was no scene where Marie had had a relapse on drugs there was no scene depicting upon how Malcolm really is a jerk and can't understand her there was none of that it's just they're telling me these things but I'm not seeing it for myself so I just have to take your word for it and I don't know how y'all got to this point and that's where the problem comes in for me because that really negates a lot of the interesting aspects of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I agree. So, I mean, would you consider upping your score from a one or a three, or do you kind of keep it around that area? I'm going to keep it right there. Just, just, I'm going to keep it right there because the, the movie needs, this movie would need, honest to goodness, a remake. Like, I would need them to refilm it. Or if they had like a, honestly, I feel like I'm missing half the movie. And I feel like there should be a prequel story to get to them here. And then like, all right, cool. Now I see why they're arguing this whole time. Because mm-hmm. no, honestly, no. the movie ends with nothing. They just go outside and just, all right. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I mean, so again, your final rating? I'm going to go, I'm going to go in the middle, go with a two. Go with the two. <laughs> that, that doesn't make it any better. But no, no, two. I mean, that's your decision. That's your opinion. I gotta respect that shit. I I gotta still give this movie like around like a five point nine. Actually, let me make it a little right. better. I give it like a a six. I'm gonna give it a six okay. because even though it has these really rough edges around this movie, it's still something to kind of recommend to tell somebody to watch for their own eyes. It, it's it's, oh, yeah. it's not terribly bad. It's not crazy. Uh, and, I, and I don't think this movie was, uh, I guess you can kind of say the movie was hyped up, but I don't know. What I saw on the internet was that this, that a lot of people did not like, it was either half of his people hated this movie or half of his people yeah. loved this movie. So like yeah. every other big time movie, because yeah. I'm telling you right now, this movie would have been in theaters 
or be, oh, yeah. you know, if there wasn't a pandemic or if you know they were strictly saying let's just do this on Netflix it would have been on Netflix but you had half of people who said that this movie was awful it was overrated it was bad Zendaya mm-hmm. not, was not acting well and that the plot was crazy or you had a other half other half where you said this movie was amazing and it was crazy because a lot of people that you can consider toxic said that this movie was awesome yeah and I felt like this movie attracted a lot of toxic people, but I, yeah. I can get another people's another person's perspective and opinion on that. So I mean, that's just me. Mm-hmm. But I don't yeah. know. I mean, that's just something that I've thought about. Uh, it. I felt like if it was better written, if this was given, if Sam Levinson, the director, if his only duty was to direct this movie and he made the rough draft, yeah. and somebody came in and perfected it, I th- I felt like this mm-hmm. movie would have easily been like an eight or a nine out of ten. But almost that, almost that. Yeah, I felt like it would have been. But this was a movie that was made from Sam and Zendaya, you know, from just being together because during the lockdown they were coming up with some ideas of this movie and they couldn't film yeah. Euphoria season two. So mm-hmm. I, you know, you can't give them too much flack because this is just something that they just wanted to do and have fun. I felt like the critics were just going too crazy because critics are critics, and yeah, you know, and, and people are the ones that hype this ship shit up. So you know, unless yeah. you're Kevin Hart, Kevin Hart will hype up everything. But that's I'll just say, the, the movie, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Greg. No, go ahead, man. I'm saying the movie wasn't bad. It was just the movie again. If you look at this film as a depiction of a toxic relationship, as a depiction of how serious a fight between two people who love each other can be, it does that tremendously well. Mm-hmm. But if you look at that movie for anything else, it failed. This is a toxic relationship. You cannot curse somebody out and not and expect it to go well. Once you start yelling at me, or once you start cursing at me, we're not talking anymore. I'm leaving you alone. Mm-hmm. You aren't going to treat me like I'm some like I'm some dog that bit you. Don't do don't do that. And for them to have been so aggressive with each other, for Malcolm to have brought up to Marie. I saw you in the bathtub with a nail clipper. Short, bro, I understand you mad, but you can't say that to the shorty. He's like, I, I can snap you like a twig. Even she was like, you show me the kind of man you are tonight. You are the best you're going to be and the worst you're going to be right now. You're never going to change. This is who you are forever. And that's not okay. You got to recognize that and you got to leave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You got to be able to deal. Yeah. So that's the only thing. Like, I, I feel like, again, the movie was done flawlessly in terms of their monologues. Malcolm was killing, he was killing four minute monologues by himself. Marie killing three minute monologues by herself. They were going splendidly. And I, I guarantee you, a lot of cats are going to use those monologues for their acting, uh, for like, uh, auditions. But, like, Outside of their acting, bro, the movie, the movie's a dud, bro. All right. Well, I won't go too much into it because I'm, I, I'm, I'm kind of done with this movie. So not like mm-hmm. I'm exhaustedly done. I'm just like, yeah, there's not too much to talk about. So, man, I, I, wait, wait, I how, huh? How did you like it? How did you feel about it? I, I just, I just told you straight up how I felt about it, bro. <laughs> now I get you. I'm just saying, like, I've been talking about the acting and the direction of the film. How did you feel about as a whole? Yeah, like what the movie could do. Yeah, I, I straight up just told you, like the movie was a, a, a good movie. It's an okay movie. It could, it was a, it's a good concept, but the execution is rough around the edges. It could have been much better. And that if you give this to a different writer, like if you had Sam Levinson do, do a rough draft, like this movie, this movie's like a rough draft, and then you give it to a different writer, and they and they okay. fix up all the blemishes, okay. it would have been a great movie. So yeah, I mean that's all I have to say okay. about it. Yeah. I feel you. Yeah. I got you. I got you. Yeah. Were you not listening the whole fucking time? <laughs> I was listening. I was just, I've been, I've been making specific references. I just didn't know if you gave me anything specific. So I got you. I got you. Oh, you got me, huh? Nigga? No. No, I see what you mean. I, I definitely no. see what you mean. This movie needs, yeah, I see what you mean. No, you good. You good. You good. No. Well, with that being said, we're now at 30 minutes in like 10 right. seconds so far. So, I mean, Let's bring up something else up besides movies. All right. And let's talk about something that 
kind of hit the news today. And it was about the Dallas Mavericks owner, Mark Cuban, decided that they weren't going to do the national anthem anymore before their games. It was kind of crazy, like real, real crazy. And with how the NBA has been going with social justice movements, with Black Lives Matter, uh, kneeling during the flag, everything like that, it's been a very crazy uh situation or just story whenever it comes up and this one is just different so i actually have a clip from a news station uh Mm wfaa and we'll go ahead and listen to that real quick so let's go ahead and uh go into that right now made deals and nobody expected Thank you, Carol. So it is a tradition that dates back to 1918. You can hear it playing right now. It was in the seventh inning of the first game of the World Series when a live live band rather played. Oh, hell no. You know what? No, David. Yeah. No, I ain't doing that shit. Hold on. I'm going to try to actually like do something. No, I'm going to try to pull up on the laptop and make it sound better. And then also the guy that's speaking is not doing a good job, but. No, so, like, I'll just kind of give you the full rundown, though. It's like Mark Cuban said, we're not doing it. We're not going to do the national anthem. He said he's been thinking about it for for a minute now. And then the NBA made a statement about it and said that, no, we're we're still going to do it. And, uh, yeah, yeah, man, it's been very interesting. I mean, it's been one of those things that it's been those situations that a lot of people that I would say half the country is is really mad about. Because, you know, you have a lot of people who are quote unquote patriots and, and mm-hmm. say like this is this isn't you know, this is terrible. You're not real Americans if you do this. Like Colin Kaepernick was persecuted because of this and you know, it was a really bad thing that actually happened. Well, some bad things have happened because of it. And then you have the other part of the country that says, That's great, that's progressive, that's that's yeah. So like when you hear this story, I mean, how do you feel about you know, the entire situation, man. I don't know, because I don't, because, like, the National Anthem wasn't played at games originally for a very long time, so I don't necessarily see why people are disliking it now, but I do, I am curious as to what they're going to do instead. Like, are they going to play anything? Are they going to start? Are they going to do, uh, how are they going to start the games from now on? Are they going to, what are they going to do instead? Oh, well, hold on. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Now, (laughs) new developments here on CNBC on the Midnight Drop. Uh, No. Yes, sir. sir. No, but the Dallas, it's been reported now by CNBC, the Dallas Mavericks will now play the national anthem reversing prior decision. So. Wow. Yeah, that that, fuck. That was weird. That was quick. Let's actually get into it and just see how it is. So let's go ahead. Go hear this real quick. Come on, come on. Come on! <laughs> this shit ain't working. Okay, hold on. Yeah, they reversed the decision. It's This is weird. Okay. This is like really weird. Like how they, okay, fuck it. We'll do the video later. I don't care. <laughs> this, right. this podcast has become terrible. But no, <laughs> uh, I'll say this right now. Uh, it's a really crazy situation because we've already been dealing with this stuff for a minute. Um, yeah. Besides the pandemic, like the next biggest thing that America has faced has been the social justice movement of African-Americans, just overall black people uh, being persecuted yeah. and brutalized by police officers. And the national anthem has now been looked at as kind of like this, hypocritic oath because it was made by a slave owner and it says it's you know it's equal for all men but back in the day black people aren't black people weren't you know considered equal especially black men and women and uh you know today it's kind of apparent that we're not really seen equal a lot still you know we're seeing you know now we're seeing more like open-ended racism rather than like that you know, that kind of like petty underlying corporate bullshit uh, racism. You know what I mean? David? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm here. I'm listening. Yeah. Jesus Christ. (laughs) No, but, 
Yeah, I mean, we're seeing more of that, and I, I feel as if that we're at a point now to where with the NBA, they're they're being very progressive. They have done a much better job than they've done years ago, and I'll get into that a little bit more. But, I mean, man, it it's a very bold move, but I think I know that the NBA reversed this decision. Well, the Dallas Mavericks reversed this decision because you probably had Adam Silver and a couple other executives say, hey, I know what you're trying to do, but this shit ain't going to work. We still doing this. Yeah. We got shareholders. We don't want no backlash. We are They're already losing tons of money, like millions, even billions of dollars. So to have this stack on top of a, of a season that's already riddled with the pandemic and COVID cases going around, there's like no point. So, I mean, they yeah. reversed this decision. I'm not super surprised about that. I think Mark Cuban in the last couple of months has done a pretty good job, but – the other thing that got me was that your top players are foreign. You got, you got Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis, and then you also have Boban Marjanovic and J.J. Barea. Uh, I mean, honestly, they kind of have those guys. Like, I mean, it was probably something they thought about with the team, and they said, we don't really care. And I'm cool yeah. with that. I'm not really mad. About, I, mean, I mean, how do you feel like – let me ask you this. Ha- have you felt like the national anthem – have you viewed the national anthem differently, uh, you know, with the recent years going on or why you've been growing up or what? The national anthem to me is always been like a sports thing, but it's never really been like a big deal. Because when I was a kid playing sports, we didn't sing the national anthem. We would just play the game. So I understand people's uh, attachment to it, but I also don't understand people's, people don't know much about it. Because like for real, like, I don't know the exact year they started using it, but the National Anthem hasn't been played for the whole time sports have been a thing. It's, it's a very new uh, feature. So that's the thing I don't understand. I don't understand the the hardcore attachment to it. But I get, I, I truthfully, I understand why they want to play it. it it's, a, it's a universal song that is supposed to be good, but I don't know, bro. I really, it's 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 curious. I, I don't know what they could do. I don't know. I don't know what song they could play instead <laughs> to make it to still have that same kind of. I guess you said patriotism, but why is the game patriotic? Like we're just playing a sport and stuff. I, I, um, I don't know. I mean, I had a good conversation with a friend earlier today regarding mm-hmm. it, and I felt like the national anthem. People go so crazy for the flag and for the national anthem that it's it's gotten really yeah. like weird. Like it's kind of just like you have to conform to this or you're out or you die in some cases. And I'm not saying that, you know, America itself is a cult or something like that. It's just you have these same people who say it's patriotic or the national anthem is for our, our soldiers. It's for the people who are fighting for us. And it's yeah. just like. You're saying that, and I can understand, but these are the same people who are very hypocritical with their statements and say that because they just don't want to lose, like, they don't want to believe the fact that the world is becoming more progressive, that the world is changing, especially the especially America, and that you're having yeah. people understand about the racist history in the past and realize yeah. that a lot of things that have been set in stone has been on racist ideologies. Um, yeah. I mean, that's just something. And then in the South, primarily, you have a lot of racist people who do a lot of racist shit. So it's just like, you know, when you hear these people say that and, and they talk and they badmouth the NBA or certain NBA teams about it, it's just, yeah. it's crazy to me. Like, months ago, we had the whole Black Lives Matter protest going around. And the NBA and the NFL were doing their things and saying this is not right. Even the NHL and the MLB. And there were a bunch of people, primarily white people, who were mad about this situation and said, yo, like, you you cannot do this. Like, this is for America. We're fighting for our soldiers. BLM Mm -hmm. is a a terrorist organization. There's no way you can do this. And it's just like, really? And, And then weeks ago, like, Basically, around a month ago now, we've had people attack, you know, the Capitol Hill, yeah. Trump supporters, white supremacists, and they're the same ones saying, like, BL- BLM is a, is a 
you know, a terrorist organization and that the, the sports leagues are going to lose viewers because they're, they're doing all this progressive stuff. They feel like it's liberal or something like that. And it's just stupid. I mean, it's just, uh, now do I think that this could have been done a little bit better? I don't know. Mark Cuban's more of a guy that's like more surprising. He kind of does stuff on his own. He doesn't really give a fuck, which Mm -hmm. I kind of respect. But uh, at the same time, it's just like eh, this whole situation is just another chapter in the whole social justice movement with not only the NBA, but sports leagues. And I mean, what else can you do, man? I don't know. I mean, they are. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it is what it is. But I thought it was an interesting story to bring up. Uh, no, yeah. Yeah. With things going up. But uh, no, nah, mm-hmm. nah, but that's something I'll probably look into. I mean. I mean, what makes matters worse is the Mavericks suck this year. <laughs> they, they, they're not good. I mean, they're not good. Yeah. So, yeah. But uh, now, with that being said, let's get into our other conversation. That mm-hmm. conversation we had before. It was the one where yeah. we talked about. It was talked about, like, trying to get into your career. And you're saying yeah. you wouldn't really date nobody or get married or nothing like that. You just focus on your career. It was kind of like an interesting conversation we had. Mm-hmm. And yeah, man, I mean, like you want to go ahead and like kind of recap what we were talking about to the audience and just kind of give your perspective afterwards. We just talked about a lot of people wanted, and you had told me an individual in particular said they didn't want to date anybody until they turned 30. And um, I personally don't think you can ever be ready for anybody. And there's always going to be an element of uncertainty in anything. So to say hardcore, I'm not dating anybody until I'm 30 or even any age in general is very presumptive that you can, you have that kind of, you have that choice because if somebody walks up on you right now that you felt was perfect, you'd go ahead and go, Hey, that 30 rule is going out the window. So that's my only thing. I don't feel it's necessarily that's not necessarily wrong, but it's very, it's closed off. And if, I'm going to be honest with you, bro. Once you hit 30, a lot of cats that you wanted your day to be with ain't really hitting anymore. Because I'm for real. Because <laughs> at, at 30, you're hitting, you aren't necessarily, you are not, you aren't not. You, you're still young, but the, the, the quality time you have with somebody is getting shorter. So, like, you date somebody at 25 and you want to get married at 32, you have seven years to learn this person, right? Uh-huh. So, you get you start dating somebody at 30 and you want to, you spend four or five years dating them and you get, you, you break up, you're now 35. Or if you've been 25 dating this person, you'd have been 30 and you could have had, still had some time to really change up and go, like, oh, word, I see what this person did, I can fix it. That's another thing. Like, it, it's a lot of, Dating and stuff is tricky, and to not have the experience necessary with it, you put yourself in a bad predicament because you're now going in with other cats who have a whole lot more experience than you, and you're going to come in. It'd be like me playing against Michael Jordan. Mm -hmm. I can play basketball, but I'm nowhere near Michael Jordan in terms of skill. So you don't ever want to get out the game for so long that when you come back in, they got whole new they got whole new rules. Mm-hmm. Well, so that's my two cents on it. I mean, I, I I see where you're coming from. I think there are some things that I agree with, you know, like any other conversation. But I think in this, where I come from in this, in my side is that when I hear somebody say that they want to wait, they don't want to really fully commit until a certain time, uh, I don't really get mad at them or don't blame them for that because you know, life is tough. Life is rough. I'm not going to say like, it's totally terrible. It's like, there are a lot of things when it comes to growing, when you first start growing up and you becoming a full on adult, when you have your own apartment, when you're paying bills, when you got to get your ish together with your social life and your work life. And and sometimes you just don't like for some people, they just don't want to really date as soon as they can, or they just don't want to do a lot of stuff with somebody because relationships bring in a lot of, you know, either responsibility or just a lot of commitment. And it it is what it is, man. I mean, if you can handle it, cool. If you don't want it, that's all right too. I ain't, I ain't judging nobody. Now, having said all that, I will agree. If you're trying to put like a date on it to where you said, I'm going to start dating when I'm 30 or 32, 
even though I'm not yeah. going to feel some type of way about it, I'm just like, don't ever put a pin on when you're going to date somebody or find somebody. Because like you said, shit's going to happen. And it is what yeah. it is. Like you'll find, you'll end up finding somebody that you say you don't want to commit. Next thing you know, you love them so much. You end up committing, getting married and having kids. It just happens. Yeah. Life just happens. But I mean, we're, we're seeing a time now where people are becoming more independent. People are trying to, you know, do well in their careers and level themselves up rather than try to go straight in and date because people thought that that was a norm when growing up. You mm -hmm. basically go to college, you meet the love of your life and then either in between college or right after college, you get your job, you, you get married, you have your child in like your first or second year of marriage. And then you go on to parenthood and then you got to raise a child. And then you're just like, God damn, there's so much. And yeah. There's been a lot of stories about how people said that they gave up their dreams or they gave up certain opportunities for their families. And it's like, that's noble and that's great and all, but at the same time, it's just like, ugh, like you don't want to, those same people go through midlife crisis. And I, I don't want to go no, no, it's inevitable, but it's like, you don't want to make it to where it's so early in your life, bro. So, I mean, I ain't got no nah. for anybody who does that. And you know, I, be real niggas ain't shit <laughs> people ain't shit. Nah. people ain't shit so i mean true, true. people people really ain't shit man so when you know the dating pool i'm gonna be honest the dating pool wherever you go can be trash it doesn't matter where you go i remember in, in at school at morehouse people say like you go to chicago go to houston that's where the real men and women are at no the dating pool everywhere is going to be crazy or going to be trash you just have to consistently look or just do your own thing and somebody will come in for you so i mean sometimes you got to act like that so because i mean no no yeah cause, here's here you know. the thing with me is when you go to college, especially with me and you, we went to Morehouse, Melman, mm -hmm. Clark, uh, uh, Georgia State, had a whole bunch of educated young ladies over there, right? Mm -hmm. Once we get out, I can tell you personally, I am in grad school. I have seen half a Negro in grad school. And a lot of us. I've seen a lot of uh, black women, but I've seen literally one other black man. He's 29. And the problem is we get twisted up in Morehouse and Selman and Clark because we think, oh, there's going to be all the educated black people everywhere. No. It is a very small microcosm we have been in. And once you get out that microcosm, it is not the same. And that's my opinion. I feel like if you can find somebody that has ambition and that has goals. You ain't got to get married. You ain't got to date seriously, but just have a connection to that person. He's like, Hey, look, we both rocking on this. I rock with you. You rock with me. And then in three, four, five, six, seven years, we're 28. We hook back up. Boom. We done had our time, but now I'm educated. You educated. I'm in my career. You in your career. We can make something happen. But that's the thing. I feel like you have to, be willing and open for the experience and to constantly have this idea that I'm you people are prizes, but man, let me tell you something. Ain't a lot of people cool. It, a lot of people aren't as cool as they think they are. And if you don't know how you operate with somebody else involved with yourself, it can get very, very difficult to change your way. The older you get you 23 dating somebody, you can you can kind of adapt a little easier than being uh, thirty three. You feel me? So that's that's my only thing. Yeah. No, I I feel you. Well, I mean, you got a lot of people doing independent stuff right now. I mean, you got people, you know, going to careers at big businesses, yeah. their entrepreneurship, forex. Yeah. Crazy enough, fucking. Or X or Dodge Cone, Dodge Coin, whatever the fuck going on right now. <laughs> hey man, a whole lot going on, a whole lot, a whole lot. No, yeah, no, for real. Actually, speaking of Forex, no. If you want to know, like, <laughs> bro, if if I ever meet someone that said that they they do Forex, I'm running away. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's low, low key, high key, and mid key. It's the pyramid scheme. 
High key, low key, and mid key. Okay. <laughs> with all the keys, bro. With all the keys, it's a pyramid scheme, fool. All right. So that's the problem I have with it. It's not a good. It's not a legitimate way to earn money. No, it's it's it, it's complicated. It's like forex is like you can make fun money out of forex. Hold on, I was about to say funny money. You can make funny <laughs> money out of forex, but. No, you can make some good stuff out of Forex, but it takes time to actually learn stuff. The problem is is that you have all of these focus groups that feel like they can just dupe people by saying, hey, if you pay us all this money, we'll give you the tools to make double or triple or quadruple what you just gave us. In yeah. reality, they're... Uh, they're you know they're pyramid schemes like we've seen this shit firsthand at morehouse like as soon as you walk through those doors of morehouse or any other college there's always going to be a young forest group that was created by like a couple of these people that went ahead and grew and duped people into doing something and then next thing you knew you know you're going to be stopped in the middle of the street by somebody saying so how do you feel about forex my brother how do you feel about forex mm-hmm. my sister and it's just like no, 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 no. I just Forex is just, it's ridiculous. That and Bitcoin. I, I don't care what nobody says. Forex and Bitcoin is ridiculous to me, man. Yeah. Yeah. Cause did, didn't you have a story about how somebody was trying to dupe you into Forex? I have a, I almost got low key kidnapped, bro. Like, no cap. Uh-huh. Because it's my sophomore year. It's, I think it's springtime. I am walking around campus, and this, this believe he's Indian brother came up to me. He was like, "Hey man, looking to make some money?" I said, "Of course. I always need to make some money." He gave me his phone number. He hit me up, and he was like, "Hey man, meet me in Kilgore." Before Kilgore had the pod, we met in that back room where they had like the pool table and stuff like that. Before the pod came there, I'm back there talking to dude. He's like, yeah, man, I like when I like when uh, young people don't necessarily need their parental influence and they can operate by themselves. They can operate on more of a uh, solidarity thing instead of being, instead of relying on their parents telling them what to do. Wait, what the fuck? No, like, you don't, you, you like people who are more into parental, who, who don't need parental guidance? What? Nigga, yeah, what? he was saying, I don't, I don't, he, for real, he was like, I don't want people with parental guidance. I'm like, mm mm-hmm. That's weird. I'm just 19. Your trying mama, to kidnap me, sir. Your mama, daddy, he near? Okay, good. I like somebody like you. You don't got responsible people looking like, over your shoulder. <laughs> like, for real, that, that was his whole thing. Buddy had called me. This was, like, this was right around Valentine's Day. I remember this. Right around Valentine's Day. Fool had called me up. He was like, hey, man, I'm about to pick you up. I said, where are we going? He said, I can't tell you. I said, sir, I can't go with you. You are a stranger. I'm not going with you to some undisclosed location. Weird man I just met two days ago. And I told my dad, he was like, yeah, you probably got kidnapped. Like, you probably wouldn't have came back. Because he, I, I believe, he has something about a hotel. And I'm like, A, black. B, I'm not stupid. And C, I watched just enough ID channel shows with my mom to know when something's a setup, and this is clearly a setup, I'm not getting kidnapped over no money. Not the ID. So that was channels. the whole thing. Not the ID channels. I, I I I like mystery stuff. I like crime stuff. So I know when something's going to be a David Arnold with missing on uh, Valentine's Day evening in 2018. Nothing has been heard from him since. He went missing because he was stupid. That's me. I'm going to go in for the testimony and be like, I told this dumbass, don't ever talk to strangers. <laughs> this man heard I'm Forex saying. and money and just got in the van. Never seen him since. <laughs> I told that dumbass. I'm saying, because he, he, he wanted me to get picked up in front of like the bookstore. And I'm like, that's a weird location to get picked up. I can just meet you over there. Nah, he said, I want to pick you up. I said, nah, gee. I'm, I'm going to have to point you in the mouth and steal your car. You ain't taking me nowhere. I don't want to go, sir. No, yeah. He never, he, yeah, he had told me there was a bunch of other cats he had been mentoring and stuff. I'm like, where are they? He's like, I can't tell you all that. I'm like, ah, trying to get me, you trying to get me set up, sir. I'm not, I'm not getting sold to nobody. 
I'm escaping on some taking stuff, bro. I'm gone. You on what? I'm about to dip out, boy. You know, I'm about to be gone. I'm like Donkey Kong, man. Bro. That was the whole thing. Like that. That's one reason I don't like Forex because he was trying to do something illicit. If who had found me on he had found me on uh on LinkedIn the other day, I said, Oh nah, bro had to block him immediately. Oh, he was just like, Oh, where you been at? <laughs> he was like, Hey, what's up, boy? You still want the forex one? I said, No, sir, I don't want none of that. Block, get away from me. No, no, I had a story okay. i I don't have crazy stories like that with Forex. It's more like I've been approached by people with Forex. I remember I remember talking to somebody, try well, I was trying to shoot my shot with somebody regarding Forex. Yeah. And then she said and, and then I was trying to be nice and stuff. And what was it? I like asked her if I could help her out with like her paper or some shit like that. And yeah. she was just like and then she was just like, You help me with this paper, then I can definitely help you out with Forex. And I was just like, mm-hmm. Let me just help you out with the paper because this paper I was uh I get the paper yeah. and I'm just like Oh, this paper is trash. It was something about like, you know, like black film and something like that. So I went ahead and put yeah. it Grammarly. I proofread I proofread it. I went through some revisions and I gave it to her. She ends up te- texting me, oh, I got a 102 on it. I was like, great. That's awesome. Now I'm going to give you yeah. this code for 4X. And I-, I was already skeptical about it. But then oh, I yeah. was like, what the hell? Uh, and then she gave me a link to a video and she was being really dismissive with that too when I asked her questions. Like really, really dismissive. But I got into this group chat and I kid you not, it was just three dudes just talking about like, man, this shit ain't easy, man. This shit ain't easy. You got to spend mm-hmm. money to make money. But we young yeah. black kings and queens, man. We got to do what we got to do. A group of yeah. 50 students just there, just kind of like going through this and nodding their heads like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we got to make that money. We got to make that money like young entrepreneurs and shit. They're talking about we got to make that good money, that white money. I'm over here just like, what the fuck is going on? And I went ahead and exited out after like 10 minutes of listening to those dudes talk. Yeah. The next three years of college, and this is the one thing I can take the pandemic for. I don't have to deal with so many people coming up and saying, how do you feel about Forex? Because goddamn, that shit was annoying. I literally had people in my major, people who were younger than me, who were in different classifications, it, and people from other schools talking about, like, how do you feel about Forex? I remember giving this answer, and I was being real nice with them, because I'm like, you're just getting your hustle on, but I feel like you're stupid. I, I, would just, I told one person, I know about Forex, you can make some money, but I feel like what you guys are doing are a pyramid scheme. Uh, I feel like you guys are not doing right. He's like, well, why would you say it's a pyramid scheme? My brother, we just trying to collaborate. Nigga, that's what yeah. every person in the pyramid scheme says. You just trying to collaborate. <laughs> it's just, yeah. no, no. And I remember another meeting where I went with one of my, with this one person I used to meet up with. I ain't going to say no names. I mm-hmm. met with this one person and she said she had to go to, this person said he had to go to a meeting. So this person went to the meeting and met up with this dude on an all black outfit. With some chains on, nappy hair, tattoos all over. You know, he had his black button down all open up to show his other black wife beater. And I was just mm. like, what the, f- what the fuck? Like, you talking about this is a business meeting? What is this? You exchanging coke or something? Is this another episode of Power? And turns out she was trying to, you know, this person was trying to talk about their own business model they had, uh, which was pretty cool. And then... The guy just straight up just said, and I'm going to tell you something else, man. I don't think the ride share going to work out. You got to get in the Forex, man. You got to get in the Bitcoin, man. I, I, I drill. I mind that Bitcoin-ish, man. I'm making stacks on stacks on stacks. Mm-hmm. I swear to God, a month later, this man showed up on the 9 o'clock news saying he had to go to jail for, <laughs> for scamming. For, 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 oh, no. Like, yeah. For credit card fraud and, and, and taking people's money on this Bitcoin scam. And I'm yeah. just like, God damn, dude, like Forex and Bitcoin overall, it's like you can do something well with it, but it's just crazy. And with Dogecoin, I'm just like, oh, no. And that was based off of a meme. And now Elon Musk and Snoop Dogg made it popular now. So it's up by a lot of money. And I'm just like, this is stupid. Yeah, this is stupid. Yeah. This is I'm stupid. saying the biggest thing is. 
nothing stuff stuff can be easy like that, but you have to know how to do it. Bitcoin, Forex, and all that junk, it ain't the worst thing in the world if you know how to use it. If I'm dropping two twenty five to just get started, something's wrong with that already. Mm-hmm. Like I'm making, I'm putting two twenty five in to you, and then I gotta I gotta wait and recoup the money over like the next three months. That's stupid. You have to be willing to tell people that. That's that's why people don't like it. You you aren't telling them the truth. You're just like that's one thing I've always hated when they do the meetings. They're always like, "Hey man, yeah, we got to we got to teach y'all how to get." Uh, the, the real black dollars back in the black community. I'm like, that's not, A, not how that works. Because it wouldn't just be easier to just be like, hey man, we're going, we we have this hookup team, and we have this thing we can do, make y'all some money on the side, passive income. Passive income can be Forex, it can be a rental property. There's a lot of ways to make passive income. Teach people that. Don't teach people how to how to do the forex stuff. So I don't know. I mean, you can do for like I said, you can do forex and it's legitimate if you learn know how to do it and you have good practice with it. It's just when people take advantage of it and you can do it for scamming. That's what you see the most, and it's not good. You can literally. What are you doing in the background, my guy? What? It was like. <laughs> I might be in my shirt. My bad. My bad. No, you good. You good. You good. Just notice that shit. But no, like with four X, you don't have to. You don't have to spend two hundred, three hundred, four hundred, even five hundred dollars for somebody to give you some videos and some books or some eBooks just to tell you how to do four X. No, just go to YouTube, like type in how do I do four X, and then boom, there's gonna be some people who just give you the bare bones basics, the vocabulary, and everything like how to do it and you should be good to go. It shouldn't be this much hassle, this much money to learn something like that. It's stupid. And people just take advantage because there's another way to make it money. And they want to say, Oh, they're an entrepreneur. No, you're not an entrepreneur. You're a scammer. Not saying everybody, just yeah. the people who do this scamming shit. <laughs> it, yeah. No, no. Including the people who do LLCs. That's another topic. Take, take, the 15 cents from your Happy Meal change that you got, the change that you got from your Happy Meal, use that 15 cents to get an LLC and use it as a tax write-off. Get the fuck out of here. That That is so illegal. You will go to jail for a long time doing that. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Talk about, you had because... a bunch of people, you had a bunch of people talking about the stimulus. Get get Use that yeah. stimulus check to get an LLC and, and do that as a tax write-off, make your own business, but it's not really a business. The IRS will come for you yes. in a heartbeat. They will come oh, for yes. you. It, like that that's the thing. Yeah. The IRS will get you. It's stupid. It's stupid. It's like and Clubhouse has made it worse, man. Yeah. Oh my god. Have you used it yet? Nah. I I I'm not I don't like all that. I downloaded it like three weeks ago and I after like ten minutes of browsing through everything, I I quickly deleted my account. It is not good. It, it's yeah. It's full of toxicity. It's full of people who, who, who again, scammers and, and people who call themselves entrepreneurs, and it's just not good at all. It's how do you make something so interesting so bad? It's like really. It's like really. It's so depressing. Yeah, it's really depressing. I don't know, man. I I just don't know. All right. Well, that's it. That's it for the whole entire episode. Thank you so much for joining me, David. I really appreciate it, my guy. No problem, my dog. No problem, man. And thank you all for joining on this another episode of the Midnight Drop Chill Hour. This is the third episode of the Chill Hour. If you haven't seen the last two episodes, go ahead and look up them on the, all the platforms like that. Spotify, Anchor all those platforms down in the comment section below and go ahead and tell us how you feel about these podcasts, these episodes, tell us how you really feel by DMing, DMing us and everything like that. That is it y'all. That is another rendition of the chill hour. Thanks so much for joining in today. You can go ahead and follow me at six one five underscore chill and David, where can they follow you at real quick, man? Hey man, follow me at King David eight, eight, nine. It's King underscore David 889. That's what it is. Yes, sir. All right. Get that shit right, my guy. 
But yes, sir. All right, my guy. Well, that is it. You can go ahead and listen to this podcast on Anchor, Spotify, SoundCloud, uh, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, or iTunes, whatever you put it. www.themidnightdrop.com or on my Instagram six one five underscore chill. Or recently, we just added it in iHeart Radio, iHeart Media, whatever. And you can also contact us on IG. We kind of just said our names right there, and also at the email address Jordan Cammon C A M M O N at outlook.com. Be up ready for a new episode next week as we bring in another special guest for the Chill Hour rendition four, and also some more movie reviews coming up your way. We got some new stuff coming up. But like I said, guys, thanks so much for coming in and listening to the Midnight Drop. I'm your host Jordan Malone. Stay safe, stay blessed, and stay you. Peace.